Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. It stopped her right in the middle of her conversation. But we will have that conversation on the air here in a second. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Pop Culture Cosmos. Of course, what's going on with Inside Sports Fantasy Football, the Lakers Fast Break, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there checking out all of our great shows, whether you're watching us on youtube please subscribe today to get the latest notifications on when we go live with another pcc multiverse pop culture cosmos inside sports fantasy football the state of pro wrestling and more right here on the pop culture cosmos plus also as well on over 30 radio stations worldwide and to each and every one of our radio station listeners and radio station managers slash owners slash Everybody responsible for putting this on the air on those stations, we cannot thank you enough for allowing us the opportunity to be a part of your radio schedule. Plus also as well, everybody that checks us out on our podcast outlets, including Apple and Spotify, truly appreciate that. Also as well, go ahead and make sure you check us out at the Lakers Fast Break, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, of course, Vampires and Vitae, with Wild Beyond the Witchlight, with the Wizards and Wine, and whatever melinda has in her evil mind upcoming <laughs> which she will let you know about as it hits out there don't worry and never fear also please go ahead and check us out today pop culture cosmos on facebook where we cover the latest news and trends right there for you in a story detail we bring you the latest and greatest news from the actual sources themselves you can click on it and it'll take you right to the stories that you need to check out of course in the world of pop culture popculturecosmos.wordpress.com always a great vantage point to go ahead and check out what's going on in the world of pop culture right there and if you can check all that out all of melinda's stuff and my stuff it is sincerely appreciated plus that magical five star review wherever you get your podcasts but it wouldn't be a pc multiverse without my good friend she is the mastermind of all the undoings, redoings, yeah. <laughs> and doing doings that are going on in the world of tabletop RPG land with, of course, Vampires and Vitae, which she runs with her husband, Robbie Ross. And, of course, everything that she does with Wild Beyond a Witchland and Wizards and Wine. Please go ahead and subscribe today on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. It is my good friend. It is. Melinda Barkhouse Ross and Melinda, we've got a lot to talk about today in pop culture. So don't shake it off. Shake it off. <laughs> I knew you were trouble. No. Oh. When, when we sat down. I don't I don't know. That that's all I got. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Well, funny. My <laughs> wife says the same thing as well. <laughs> Yeah, for different reasons, though. Different reasons. Yeah, that's true, indeed. Yeah. But we will be talking <laughs> about Taylor Swift because her heiress movie, forget about the rest of the heiress tour for now. That's still got a ton of dollars yet, that, yet to make. But this weekend, actually right now, as we speak, because it's already available in theaters in a limited run, is the Eros tour 
movie. So we'll talk about that and how many dollars it could actually generate. That's coming up here in a bit. Plus also as well, PlayStation 5 is getting a slim model. That was announced earlier this week. Are we cool with it? What's the new pricing, if any? And attachments? Really? We'll talk about that coming up on the show. Plus also, we've got some things going on in the world of pop culture, like Disney Plus rate hikes again. I'll tell you my thoughts on it. I'm not too pleased. Not that they did it once, but they did it twice in the same year. Do we think that's cool? We'll talk about that. Plus everything that's going on here with, of course, the pop culture cosmos and so much to talk about as well, including a duh move by Universal when it comes to what they're expanding, what they're bringing back in a way and why that's coming up on the show as well. But first, my friend, the news gets kind of uh, interesting. I will give everybody a SAG after update as far as the you know, Screen Actors Guild strike. Uh, after days of negotiation between them and the studios, it looks like they've even gotten farther apart than they were before. So they are now continuing on past the 90-day mark on the Screen Actors Guild strike. So it does not look like that part of the strike is ending or is ending or will be ending anytime soon. The writer strike, as you know, ended a couple weeks ago, but the SAG strike carries on. My friend, before we get into the juicy details of some behind-the-scenes stuff going on, mm-hmm. on, what are your thoughts on the SAG strike still continuing and looking like there's no let-up anytime soon? It's it's a bad look uh, for the studios at this point. I mean, it was a bad look for the studios when it got to the point that you know, the, the unions felt that they had no choice but to strike. Um, and you see, you see on the news every single day, another union is getting ready to strike another union, getting ready to strike another union walking the picket line. Um, and it's, I think it's indicative of the times that we're in. Um, you know, I, I think that it's, it's really rough for everybody. And, uh, you know, as somebody who was, was formerly a member of a, a media, um, union when I was uh, back in Nova Scotia um, you know I, it was it was good to have that protection because uh, you know you that's could... your union rep right now outside your door actually he's <laughs> yeah. he's coming yeah. back for more money yeah yeah no I, and please I, I know that they I know that you know there's good and bad about them but the one thing that is good about them is they're the people getting the raises right now it's not schlubs who are going to you know it's not schlubs like me um, who just managed to land myself a contract and, and is working a little bit. Um, it's, uh, thank you. Um, it really is just the, uh, it seems to be just the, the union, um, people who are managing to get raise rises, no raises, um, out of the companies that they work for and all of the power to them. Um, absolutely stick it to the man, do it, do that get get your dollar absolutely get your um, bag as the young kids say now yeah I, i'm really I'm, i can't be mad about them for standing their ground and and not accepting what the uh in, you know what these studios had offered um you know it now it's at the point where we see you know billionaires and we see millionaires and and we see people who are struggling and i don't think that you should be able to become a billionaire if people who work for you can't pay their rent I will say, though, that it is something that it's very sad to see that 
they're now even farther apart than they were yeah not too long ago and that's not good for most importantly us the viewers the audience the the people who want to see fresh content being produced on an everyday basis and the problem is now that at some point in time the well's going to start to run a little dry for these these studios and by the time they finally come to their senses and come to a agreement with the sag after union it's going to be like okay it's you're going to be playing catch up but that will not see the benefits of that until later in 2024 at the earliest but for now we're going to have some uh, dry periods where there will be some content or lack of content that we're not talking about that we should be right now, especially in the broadcast television market. You know, they're going to be hurting because they're already yep. in reruns. And then for movies, you're going to see less and less releases or spread out over the course of uh, the next year because of the residual effects of the strike. So, yeah, I think for most important thing, yes, of course, the, the actors you know, they're hurting financially and they obviously have to go ahead and get a deal done as soon as possible. Yes, I know the theater owners and the theater, the theater chains and the studios, they're, they're losing hundreds of millions of dollars hands over fist by not being able to continually put out quality stuff. But the, mer- mer- the worst part about this, the worst part about of all of this is the fact that the audience themselves doesn't get the kind of product coming out of the entertainment world that it deserves. Yeah, and you know what and what I'm afraid will happen if this goes on for too long is that we will simply accept subpar content. Uh because at least it's not another reality show. You know what yes. I mean? Or maybe we'll just get even further into uh you know the the drugs the dregs, sorry, of uh you know watching reality TV. Uh I try to minimize it as much as possible. Uh, myself personally i i don't enjoy it i it i think it's sensationalist and and i think that it's um opportunistic and and it just reeks of bad juju to me um but you know it i just hope that that's not what the studios i'm obviously they're going to have to depend on it for a little while but i hope that it's not going to be something that they continue to try to push out um once things get back to normal i hope that we'll see the these reality shows start to peter off a little bit like they did at the end of the last strike well i'm telling you right now that i'm a little bit disappointed that this has not been rectified as of yet uh, i do hope for the sag after union that they do get the kind of deal that they they deserve and that they do get uh, to come to agreement as soon as possible because the fan base needs it the fan base needs it more than anyone out there some real good quality product because right now we have all these choices paying all this money for subscriptions, paying this money for cable, paying for the advertisers and all that stuff as far as for even broadcast television. It just seems to me like we deserve a better product than what we're getting right now. And hopefully that will change around real soon. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, it's it's funny, uh, all of these people on strike and then all of these streaming services that have done a, a rate increase. Um, so, <laughs> Which we'll talk I, about here in a little bit, which yeah. really makes me. Well, you know what? Let's go and do it right now because the latest uptick is yeah. a second price hike of the year for Disney+. Plus. Yeah. This got me a little bit angry because... You know, Disney Plus is, you know, obviously Bob Iger got back in power and was kind of upset at the way that the, his previous benefactor, the other Bob. 
yes, the other Bob actually <laughs> was going ahead and, and out pricing things out of control at the theme parks and said, you know what, that's not, that's not cool at all. We got to put a, a control, a little bit of control on that. And then they come back and they're saying with Disney Plus, we're going to hike the price again for the second time this year. This comes off the news earlier this summer that they're going to reduce the number of programming when it comes to Marvel and Star Wars, which in the case of Marvel is not a bad idea because as we've heard in recent days, as reported on by Variety and The Hollywood Reporter, that Kevin Feige has, is going to retool the entire Marvel TV landscape he when it comes to Daredevil Born Again, let's take that for example. They they filmed six, seven episodes of it. They hadn't filled the full season or even halfway through, but he didn't like what he saw. Fired the writers, let go of the production staff, uh, and changed the production staff to the point where they're going to put out something new and different when it concerns Daredevil. I get that. I'm fine with that, but the fact is that you're not replacing it when you're you know, when you're talking about Star Wars and Marvel. You're not replacing it with something that's just as good or watchable. Instead, you're doing something a little bit less for us, and you're asking us to pay more. That is what I have a real issue with at this point in time. Yeah, and I mean, I, I don't really appreciate the $3 jump either. I, no. I, 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 that feels excessive, you know. Um, and I, I also, Robbie and I uh, talk about this a lot, where... I think um, in the future, yeah, our new shoes. I think you're gonna have to get like the DVD version. Oh man, yeah, uh, I'm gonna have to get that. I'm gonna have to get Beauty and the Beast. I'm gonna have to get Hercules. There, yeah, there's a lot um, that I would have to take care of if we got rid of Disney Plus. But uh, you know, I have this theory that, oh, not I, Robbie, really had the theory, and then I was like, yeah, I can kind of see it. So now we have the theory that um, it's going to be eventually a status symbol of being able to afford to get yourself a streaming service where you don't have to watch commercials. And I think that it's going to become so expensive that it's only going to be like a, a certain, you know, level of income where you're able to find a way to not have advertising. And I think that advertising is going to be one of those things that just kind of takes over, um, you know, for how, how am I trying to say this? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not explaining our, our theory correctly, but basically if you're broke, you're going to see a whole lot of commercials. If you're not broke, you're going to have the privilege of not seeing any. That's basically what it is, but there, there's a little bit more to it. But if you want to go down to brass tacks, that's kind of this theory that we have. And just looking at how it was only the no advertisement um, tiers uh, that saw the increase. It wasn't the, the tiers that had, uh, still had commercials on them. Just to let you know that right now, that is Hulu going up to $18 a month here in yeah. the U.S. starting today. And then also as well, Disney Plus going up to $14 a month starting today for the ad-free tiers. That to me, I think is, is very sad. And I think it's very, very telling of where we're at at the industry because of the fact, again, with Disney Plus, they're not doing what I'm asking them to do is bring hulu under the yeah. same roof yeah just charge a flat twenty dollars a month for the ad-free version raise it up to that 
but take Hulu off the air as a single entity entirely, unless you're talking about the Hulu TV version that you get the live TV from. That's a different story altogether. But the Hulu content you need to put under the umbrella of Disney Plus. It just it needs that content. It it just needs that content now because if you're going to produce less Marvel, you're going to produce less Star Wars, which again has gotten you mixed results over the past two years. I get it. But if you're not providing us with something that is a watchable thing that we need to see, then you're going to have to do that. Because Elemental, that was a big hit for you on Disney+. Plus. You've got Bluey, which is on Disney+, Plus, and that has earned, uh, earned good ratings. Ahsoka earned solid but not spectacular ratings on Disney+. Plus. You need something to go ahead and entice the viewers eat time and time out. And you just don't have it unless you bring Hulu. And I think a lot of the Hulu content that you're putting on there, like Only Murders in the Building, uh, I believe you have all, all the episodes of Superstore, you have you have a whole ton of other stuff that you could go ahead and bring over here that Disney Plus viewers haven't seen and would find it acceptable enough to go ahead and keep for long term. Because right now, Disney Plus looks like a, a something that a lot of people are going to cancel simply because of the pr- price hikes involved. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I'm one of those people who is uh, like seriously looking at cutting the the old uh, the classic cable cord. Yeah. Um, and uh, so we were looking at like the the Hulu live TV and and all of that stuff. And you know, if if Disney, eh, I don't know, we're we're looking at all of that stuff. But if these prices keep going up, it there, it doesn't matter if you're going to have regular broadcast TV, or if you're going to cut that cord and go with only streaming services, it's probably going to, it's probably getting closer to amounting to the same amount of money. Exactly. So if you have thoughts out there on the Disney price hikes, we'd love to hear your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Let us know if you're okay with it, if you're not happy with it and what you would change. Plus the rumors of Marvel having to go ahead and change around their entire TV landscape. And Kevin Feige looks like his hand, he has his hands really full right now with doing just that. So please let us know your thoughts. Are you getting what you're paying for when it comes to Disney Plus? And please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. For the latest news and information, analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. Well, my friend, there's so much more to talk about on today's program. We talked about a little bit about what went on as far as behind the scenes as what's been reported on in the trade papers for Marvel and a whole revamping of the way that they do television due to the bad results of what's come up recently for their shows and the bad results in viewing and things of that nature. Loki, notwithstanding, because we don't really know what the outcome is as of yet, because uh, it is only on episode two as we're talking on this broadcast. So we won't go ahead into bashing or praising Loki just yet. But when it comes to on the DC sides of things, my friend, Things got really interesting in a variety undercover, uh, I guess, look at Aquaman 2 with a lot of crazy things going on behind the scenes from Jason Momoa reportedly coming to the set drunk uh, to Amber Heard was going to be cut out entirely by director James Wan, but 
Elon Musk somehow getting in the way as far as that's concerned and demanding that his then girlfriend be involved in the movie. Uh, you know, you're, gross. yeah, you're just, so yeah. gross. <laughs> oh God, that's gross. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> yes. So I'm just going to say that all the stuff going on behind the scenes and then also as well, James Gunn, who is now heading up uh, the DC universe has said that, all of the rebooted Justice League members that we saw during the Snyderverse, they're all gone, including Jason Momoa, who's going to be you know, recast as Lobo, possibly even in the first Superman movie that comes out here in a couple of years. Your thoughts, my friend, on this, because it just seems like we talked about the disaster and the all the stuff that's going on behind the scenes for Marvel. DC in these times should always try to take advantage, but it looks like they have the same amount of chaos as well. Well, I, I think that, you know what, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. That's yes. really solid advice. Right. Yes. So I'm going to choose to not put my focus there, yes. but I, uh, even I, though I know you want to so badly, so, so badly. Um, but I, I do think that, you know, if, if somebody is arriving to set and they are inebriated and that does get in the way of work, then a serious conversation needs to be had with said person. It doesn't need to be put into the papers. Um, that, that's my opinion of that. If they are inebriated and they're showing up to work and it's not getting in the way of work, then it's up to their friends to say, bro, I think you might have a problem. But we don't right? even know, you know, that's, it's just been reported on. and Absolutely. Now, he can what, get a break because they say he, you know, there, there's people that say he looked, you know, out of shape or a little heavy on the, the latest fast movie. And, you know, I'm like, my God, can you, can we just cut Jason Momoa some slack here, please? Well, I mean, there's no doubt that because we know like him and uh, his wife did separate. Are they, they are going for divorce, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So heaven only knows what was happening in his personal life when all of this stuff was happening. It's entirely exactly. possible that our guy was just in a bad, just in a bad spot and showing up to work and even being a little bit grumpy sometimes is enough to rub somebody the wrong way, which can lead to a little bit of an exaggerated story, which can lead to an entire fable. And then now before, you know, everybody's eyes in the public, uh, you showed up to work and you were smashed all the time. I'm not trying to make excuses if that was the behavior that was going on, but if it wasn't because variety is standing by its sources. Yeah. And if that wasn't the behavior that was happening, then um, whoever those sources were need to be also brought into the public eye so we can have a really good look and put them under the microscope too. So much of that is unfair that you don't, you, you don't even know where to start with it. Right. Mm -hmm. It's, it's really truly unfair. And I think that, um, you know, if you're going to, I don't know, if, if you're going to drop those kinds of excuses, I, 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 or excuses, I guess, accusations is what I mean. Um, I, I just don't see the point of you remaining anonymous. Um, I think if you're going to, you know, point a finger like that, um, I, I think that you should have the guts to stand beside behind what you said. I'm always a little bit, um, speculate, speculatory. No, that's not the right speculative. word. Speculative. Yeah, I'm, I'm always a little distrusting of an anonymous source. 
Um, I, you know, granted anonymous sources can be right. Yes, absolutely. But if you're going to point and make those kinds of accusations about somebody, um, I just think that you might as well drop the anonymous tag and put your name beside it. Shh, shh, shh. I have a anonymous source telling <laughs> me that Vampires and Vitae is actually a really darn good show. People need to check out where we get the podcast. Yeah. That's I don't just know a rumor, but I got yeah. a source that told me I, that. Unnamed. I don't, I don't know who said that, but. Uh, <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah. Rhymes with toss yeah. as far as the last name is concerned. Yeah. I'll just yeah, leave yeah. it at that. So. <laughs> I will say, though, that it doesn't bode well, especially because the movie is still on the way, you know, as yeah. far as Aquaman 2 yeah. coming out I, in December. I think, it, again, that, that's weird that this is a movie, the original, made over a billion dollars at the box office. Yes. Yet I feel like, almost like one of the PlayStation games, using a pl video game vernacular, that this is a game that, you know, like Sony used to send out games, still does sometimes, sends them out there to die and literally die. Yeah. And I just feel that even though the previous movie did over a billion dollars, it still feels like this movie has been sent out to underperform and it just seems like it's going to be working uphill and unless it gets really, really strong reviews that it's not going to do as well as a lot of people hope because the fact that it, where does it even stand in the DC universe? Because the fact the whole DC universe is going to even change. So why watch it? Again, exactly. anything gonna... with DC in the next couple of years. Yeah, they're, they're just going to blow everything up. So there's no point in, in uh, you know, watching a, a movie for any kind of continuity here in the next couple of years. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But I think Aquaman 2 ran into trouble the second that it was brought, brought into that trial. And I know you know the trial that I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that as soon as that happened, it was kind of game over for the movie, unfortunately. And that's uh, that's a disappointing thing to see. And you know, yeah. with, again, with everything that goes on, you spend two, three hundred million dollars making these films, and that doesn't even go into as far as the advertising budget or anything of that nature. And it just seems like you're already these these words, these these things come out, the trouble behind the scenes, and Amber Heard and having to go ahead and still be placed in the in the she's barely in the trailers and. Who knows how much time she's going to be allotted in the film. Uh, supposedly there's chemistry issues between her and Jason Momoa. I, I don't, I didn't, you know, watching the movie didn't see that they were having issues or chemistry issues between the two. I just thought they were like, you know, like work buddies at first, you know, having to tolerate each other at first. Thought that that was their gig during as far as what was looking like. The movie, I thought that's the way it was story set up, and then over the course of time, they endear each, each they endear themselves to each other, and you know, obviously, a baby comes out of it, it you know, as we've seen in the trailer for the for, for this next film. So, okay, I don't see an issue with it, but you know, obviously, supposedly, there's other sources out there, according to the story on Variety, that say that there are. There are issues behind the scenes, whether it's personal, whether it's creative, just seems like there's so much trouble going into this movie that it really, really has a really hard battle uphill in order to be successful. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's it's a it's a film that didn't stand a chance, unfortunately. And, uh, you know, still might do well. Yeah, I mean, it might do OK, but I, it's not going to do what Aquaman one did. No, I don't think so. I, I think if it gets a billion dollars, I think it will be because there's just outstanding reviews in despite itself. But yeah. I don't I don't see that happening. And I, 
very sad to see if that's the case because I liked the first one. I didn't think it was a bad movie. I thought it was a fun popcorn flick for what it was. And are you kidding yeah. me? Permission to come aboard, sir? <laughs> it was a great moment in that movie, and yes. you know. And now I don't know that I'm going to invest, you know, two hours, two hours plus into the second one. Uh, whether you should or not, or wait till max, you know, we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, yeah, that's the stress right now going on behind the scenes for Aquaman 2. That was reported on by Variety, uh, the trade papers, which also remarked about the battles going on behind the scenes for what's going on with Marvel Television. So I guess, uh, in a way, Jessica Lang, who's recently announced that she's going to go, you know, into retirement, and a lot of that is is based off the way that she feels the industry is at with comic book films. And you know, Martin Scorsese, who's pushing right now and doing all the interviews now for, uh, you know, Killers of the Flower Moon. You know, he has never been shy about his thoughts on superhero films. It looks like all those individuals out there. And entertainment that are really been bashing the superhero films and superhero genre really are getting what they want right now. It's just a thing where the last decade was dominated by superhero films because that's what the audiences wanted to see. Yeah, That's what the studios were churning out. Now it looks like, because whether it's through quality choices, storyline choices, or production choices, you know, whatever you want to go ahead and say, this is no longer the age of the superheroes. You know, as far as some superhero movies will still click, but most are not. It's just that simple. So again, it's just, it's an ebb and tide, an ebb and flow where you have right now, the tide is not working in superhero movies favors. And that's, you know, great for a lot of people who don't like their superhero films or don't like those movies to come out, don't like those shows to come out. They're going to get their fill of other genres because that's what the studios are going to lean into right now thanks for checking out the pcc you know the pop culture cosmos we'll be back in one moment oh here you are well that was pretty good timing you're here and we're here he was just seminal to so many people. Authentic and kind. Teach you something and make you feel good. Something very soothing, something very calming. Fundamental in developing me into the human being that I am today. You ask anybody in Canada, they know who he is. It's hard to imagine anyone having had a bigger influence on my life. It's the award-winning documentary, Mr. Makeup, The Magic of Make-Believe, available now on Amazon Prime Video. Let me ask you this question. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you think that mm-hmm. this is going to be a big question and um, you know, you feel free to generalize as much as you want, but Dang. do you think that globally speaking, the movie going public after a decade of superhero movies, do you think that we're really ready to go back into uh, like Scorsese movies and, and heavy hitting dramas and, you know, thought provoking film again? Like, do, do you really think that after a decade of just, you know, popcorn munching movies that, you know, we're ready to go back to more entertainment with maybe a little bit more substance and please, I'm not dissing. I also love me some superhero movies, but I'm just, I'm just curious. I mean, it's been 10 years. Do you think that the public still has patience for that? Well, depending on the movie, there will always be a place for the popcorn movie. There right. will always be a place for it, you know, depending on how it appeals to the public. There'll be their, yeah. their hits and their misses there. But 
when it concerns more serious fare, we've already seen Oppenheimer approaching a billion dollars. It's over $900 million strong, and it has appealed to a worldwide audience. So, uh, you know, everybody is pra- that's, that's hating superhero films is praising the, the success for that mil- film. Uh, in a way, almost there as well, Barbie, yes, you know, because it's been a critically lauded film and it's also achieved a great amount of success. We'll see with Killers of the Flower Moon. I think it will do well. Uh, how well? We'll wait and see, but I think it will do very well. You've got another outstanding array of performances there from what we're seeing in Advance Words. So I think that the taste of the movie theater audience, the movie going audience, is now supportive of non superhero movies. We'll see if that continues, but that doesn't mean that superhero movies can't thrive as well, depending on the fact that they have to be good. You just can't factory machine out, put constantly out superhero movies, uh, you know, time in and time out and expect it to work like we've seen so far in the past couple of years. Just the factory is no longer churning out movies that people want to see. It has to be a really good superhero movie in order to click with a large audience. Are there any up and coming directors that you're, you know, kind of keeping an eye on or it, it like, I mean, like younger in terms of like not a Martin Scorsese, but like an up and coming, getting their feet wet director? That's a good question, uh, because there have been several smaller movies that, that have come out that have achieved a level of success. When you look at some of the movies that have come out this year, as far as the the really popular movies that have come out this year, when you look at it. Uh, there have been some surprises that have come out, uh, you know, that, that a lot of people may be interested in following those directors because, the, the you know, like we, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, uh, when you go to also as well, you look at, the, the of course, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Those two were expected to be huge at the box office and didn't, uh, unfortunately, right. get there. But then you have smaller films like the John Wick films, Chapter 4 did well again so you could probably be looking at the john wick directors to be someone who is going to be basically you know getting their share of the load for those kinds of movies going forward or do they want to go ahead and graduate into even larger and larger uh, flicks so you've seen with the success of that it's shown that that there is a market for smaller movies i also could say that the insidious horror movie films those films i mean james wan Look at James Wan of the Fast yeah. movies. Where did yeah. he come from? True. And, and, and you know, you see he still dabbles in the horror genre. So you see that those horror movie directors that have made some of the most the more popular movies, you know, the more popular horror movies this year, they're always going to get some buzz and they're always going to get the, you know, recognized for their work because the fact that they're able to do good things on smaller budgets. So whether or not it is Insidious, the Red Door, whether or not it is, you know, uh, Scream 6, whether or not it is, you know, other movies that have made a nice, tidy little profit, those those directors are always going to get uh, get talked about. And Elizabeth Banks, you know, who has been in and out as far as a director with her success, Cocaine Bear is probably a redemption for her, and it will probably allow her to go ahead and, and make larger films once again, because... She's been given the opportunity, hasn't always worked out for her, but with Cocaine Bear, I see good. I see her getting back in the good graces of Hollywood once again. Yeah, for sure. Or at least a very uh, specific uh, type of audience. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But that will yeah. allow her to do other projects. Yeah. That's all it takes. Just all it takes is a successful movie, and you'll get to start doing some of the things that you want to be doing 
continuously going forward. But those are my thoughts right now and, and also Melinda's thoughts right now on what's going on with the movie scene, especially what's going on with DC right now behind the scenes. Aquaman 2. Are you still excited about Aquaman 2? We'd love to hear your thoughts. If you are, after all the stuff you've heard and the variety report on Aquaman 2, please let us know your thoughts. If you're still excited to go ahead and see Aquaman 2 in December, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, my friend, before we hit the 45-minute break, I wanted to go ahead and ask you this. Mm -hmm. There's a certain little movie that's coming out this weekend. It actually is out right now. It's the Taylor Swift Eras Tour movie. It's a limited run. Uh, I think about three weeks, I think, is, is what the run is going to be as of now. They probably, or will, or maybe extend it. I have a feeling they'll extend it, if that's probably. the case. Yeah. Probably. Uh, it's come out to very strong reviews. It's come out to $100 million in pre-sales. There's a very good possibility it could earn over $200 million this weekend at the box office domestically alone. Not even talking any international money that, that could be earned from it. Your thoughts on this. Will this be the movie to get you out into the movie theater? You said it could be. You said might you be. might you said you might grab your husband, a fellow Swifty, Robbie Ross. You might go <laughs> ahead and corner him, drag him into the car, yeah, kicking and screaming. Yeah saying shake it off buddy shake it off and you're going to yeah. go ahead and take you to the movie theater if i took him to a movie theater and he did not have friendship bracelets to hand out he would be so upset <laughs> but i'm here to tell you that you know i'm not a swifty either I'm not you know a huge fan of her music but i am just really to respect the hell out of her for what she's done what she's built what she's overcome what she's had to deal with and all the stuff that in her life as far as what she is She's had to go through in order to get to be at the level that she is now. You've got to give her just a ton of respect. Yeah, that that's a that's a lady with a no no quit attitude for sure. Um, to borrow from sports a little bit, um, you know she, uh, you know when all of the scooter Braun stuff happened and she wasn't able to get uh her masters back and and the the publishing rights and and all of that crazy stuff that was happening, and then she was just like, well, I guess I'll just go and re-record all of those albums and release the original Taylor's version. This by Kanye at the MTV. Music yeah, Boards, you know, like all of that stuff. It's it's just it it seems like. Like, it may humanize a celebrity a little bit when we see a celebrity and I'm not I don't mean this literally but getting kind of kicked around a little bit um you she's know had a lot, she's had some roadblocks yeah her way. for sure and I think that uh her ability to overcome them and you know the interviews that I've seen with her and uh you know just uh things like that uh she's managed to keep her sense of humor about it all uh, which I think is incredibly important. And uh, is she grounded? I don't know that she's grounded, but she certainly seems like she is in interviews. And that's something that I can appreciate after someone has amassed a fortune of hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. And as Devotion said in the chat, she writes her own stuff, extremely yep. talented. Uh, she plays instruments. You know, that was said uh, last night uh, in one of our Lakers fast break uh, playback channels uh, that we were talking about. You know, we, her, she was brought up, and people, were, you know, in the chat were respecting her and what she does because the fact is, you know, even if she wasn't 
Taylor Swift, you know, the, the award-winning hundred million seller artist that she is, she would just be one of those individuals that could play, you know, just have an experience all herself because she could play any instrument seemingly that she wants yeah. and give her an outstanding performance. Nonetheless, you know, even if people didn't know her for that, she could be, she's just this multi-talented individual that really has a lot going for her. And again, I'm happy for success. She's earned it and it wasn't given to her. It was not, hand, nothing was handed to her at all. She earned it. And when she wanted to change it for, for her benefit and for her fans' benefit, she did just that. She went up against Ticketmaster and she gave yep. them the middle finger. You know, she has just done what, what she wants. And you know what? You just really have to respect that, that she's done always in the best interest of her fans. Here, here, sir. Here, here. There you go. And maybe we are Swifties. <laughs> well, I'm just, again, I just got, you know, a lot of respect for her, what of she's course. done. But yeah. I don't listen to a whole lot of her music unless it comes up on the radio in the background or whatever. You're in a department yeah. store. Yeah. Actually was in a couple stores today that actually does play her music. So she's everywhere, whether yeah. you like yeah. it or not. It is Taylor Swift and her movie is coming out. I have a feeling like this. I don't know what the release schedule is. I haven't checked it as far as what is outside of the U.S. But there's a very real possibility that not only will does she have a billion dollar live tour, she could theoretically have a billion dollar movie on her hands with this film. Yeah. I, I don't think that that's a stretch. You don't I think really it's a stretch don't. at all? But... I don't think that's a stretch. No, I think that's attainable. I think it's easily attainable. Okay. Look at how feral those fans went when those tickets for the, for the tour went on sale. Yeah. They weren't feral. You mean to tell me that they're not going to show up at the movie theater multiple times to see this? Of course mm -hmm. they are. Problem Child says, where should they start if they haven't listened to Taylor Swift? Okay, uh, that's a big question um, because, uh, you know, I, I don't know if people forget this or not, but she did start as a country artist. Um, yes. So you can go back and you can listen to uh, some of that older uh, stuff when she was a country artist. Um, I, I probably uh, was responsible for getting uh, a lot of the Reputation album on the air um, on the, the radio station that I worked for in uh, Halifax. So I, I would try the Reputation album. Um, I think that there's a really good mix of, you know, like some vibe music Taylor on there. Taylor Swift's version of the Reputation album. Of course, yeah. I, I think that might be a good spot to just kind of jump in. You don't have to know any of the, the premise of the album or, or what was going on around the album when all of that happened. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just thought that that was a, a pretty decent album uh, from Taylor. And just to let you know, Heavy Duty, the, the movie is out right now in theaters. Yeah. I don't know when it's coming to streaming, but it is out now right now in theaters. I do know that there's a price hike to go see it. I believe it's $20 as opposed to the normal $5, $10 ticket that you play depending on where you go. But I do know that there is a price hike involved in checking this out at the theaters. But it is out at the theaters. People are paying for it. It's a $100 million advanced pre-sales including my daughters uh, you know that have actually are one of my daughters and and, and my wife there that are planning to see it again i may have to step in and actually check it out if that's the case i'll let everybody know on the show pop culture cosmos but yes it looks like it's going to be a huge advanced opening it's going to be a huge worldwide opening this weekend it is going to be something that everybody's going to talk about. And right now, she's just eating popcorn right now in the box seats yep. at uh, at Kansas City Arrowhead Stadium. 
Life can't get much better for her right now, my friend. As, you know, it's an enviable yeah. one, that's for sure. There you go, indeed. But what are your thoughts out there on the Taylor Swift heiress movie that comes out? Oh, it's already out. Just go ahead. Are you going to go ahead and check it out? Are you going to be like the millions of Swifties that are going to check it out this weekend at the theaters? Through the wire says Travis Kelsey needs to put a ring on. They've only dated like <laughs> what three, four times. Let's oh, slow, let's let's yeah. slow down. Slow yeah. down through the wire. Slow down. <laughs> let, let them go through the dating process first. <laughs> Plus, we always know, Melinda, these Hollywood marriages or these entertainment marriages. What what's the over under? Four years. Yeah. Three yeah years? You know, it's something like that. Yeah. When yeah. when she starts buying real estate, then maybe we can we can talk about things getting a little more um, you know, serious between she the She just two needs of them. to ask one of her besties, uh, you know, <laughs> well, about yeah. the Joe Jonas oh, marriage right there. God. Yeah, and Sophie yeah. Turner. Yeah, she just needs to ask her best bestie Sophie Turner. Or her other bestie, Hugh Jackman. He just but he had a, actually a long marriage after he did. Know, so, yeah. yeah. He that might just, have good advice. Yeah. He might. Yeah. I wonder if those nondescript bearded men, Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman, were behind <laughs> her as she was heading to the stadium this time around. But who great. knows? Who knows? What's your thoughts out there on Taylor Swift's Eras movie? Do you have your tickets set up to go ahead and check it out? Or are you going to shake it off? Shake it off. Please let us know your thoughts. Pop Culture Cosmos at Yahoo.com. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. Well, my friend, a couple more things before we head on out. You're a PlayStation aficionado, as you were, and I'm sure you were excited when you heard the news that uh, this holiday season, aka just around the corner, that PlayStation is going to introduce to the marketplace newer, slimmer versions of its PlayStation 5. Uh, I think it's about 30% smaller, a uh, little bit lighter. Uh, it's supposed to have about 150, 175 uh, gigabytes more room as far as the terabyte space underneath as far as they're concerned i think from a lot and low 800s which is on the current models to a one full one terabyte model then again you know after os uh, you know whatever that takes it you know how much that takes up it might be less most likely it will be less but still yeah. it's a one terabyte under the hood for both the digital and the disc model uh, it's coming out here in, in just a matter of time. The disc-based model, the slim version, is going to be still $500. But the digital version has been raised in price for the new slim digital version. That's going to be now, instead of $399, $449. Devotion says, please bring back the PlayStation Vita. Well, they do have a handheld on the way, but as we've talked about on the show, it's not exactly going to be its own console. It's just actually going to be a handheld streaming device streaming off your ps5 from another location 
whether it's in the house or whether you just have it hooked up by Wi-Fi, it will not have its own devoted software to it, proprietary software for it, which is disappointing. So it's kind of looks like a Vita and kind of won't look be like a Vita. So that's unfortunately not going to be the case. But your thoughts on these slim models, we were talking about it, you and I, back and forth. Yeah. If you were so adamant on not getting the disk-based model, I would still suggest you have time, Melinda, that yeah. you search out the 399 larger version of the PlayStation 5. Because, again, if you're talking about space, you're only gaining 100 and some odd uh, gigabytes of space which you can easily replace with an expansion card or an expansion drive attached to the PlayStation and save, you know, use the $50 towards that. Yeah. And I, I was or thinking about that. Or a second controller for Robbie, if you ever want well, to let, let him play. I mean, yeah, if I want to let him play. Um, but no, I, I think there's a couple of ways to think about that. Um, I, I do like a, a slim machine. <laughs> <laughs> um, my PS4 is one of the low profile, like super skinny ones. Um, I just, I love how it looks. I like the aesthetic. So would I do that extra money just for the aesthetic? Oh gosh. I mean, I've, I've done more for less. That's for sure. Okay. Um, so, but you, know, but you can still get on those, uh, on the slim model. That's a digital. You can, if you have buyer's remorse and want to make it a, disk space unit for a $79.99 fee, you can buy an attachment that would have the Blu-ray disc on it. Now, this was one of the things that, that we talked about because there was a survey on the article that I was reading about it. And I was like, huh, I wonder, I wonder what, I wonder what everybody thinks. I've got to be in the majority here. I'm not, I'm in the minority. I am happy with a digital only machine. I don't need the disc. And I am, the, to my surprise, like 68% of people who replied or answered this little quiz survey poll thing um, disagreed. But they, see, so that's fun. the problem, though, because when you look at the Xbox series, people are saying, why keep the Xbox Series S around? It's a digital-owned machine. Why don't you just do sell the Xbox Series X? Because Xbox, as it leaked out, <laughs> three out of four units that are sold in the Xbox thing are the digital-based Xbox Series S that's $300 cheaper. Right. When it comes to the PlayStation, everybody says they want the disc, they want the disc, and usually the $500 is still the more popular of the two between the digital and the and the and the uh, the disc-based version. But when it comes to what they purchase once they get it, the overwhelming majority of the games that they purchase are digitally based. They're not going to the store and buying the discs as much as they say they are. It's what the groups right now, even on PlayStation Xbox, most people are buying digital-based games at this point in time. Let's say Call of Duty, Madden, whatever. They're usually getting the digital-based version because they don't want to leave the house and just go ahead and download it. Absolutely. I I mean, you know, it, it used to be fun and it used to be part of the whole experience of going and, you know, getting in line at midnight for the midnight release and, you know, all of that stuff. And don't that was all the games you prefer. <laughs> right. Well, no, I know. And that's 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 just but that's just the thing. I don't I mean, I, I understand having your hobby and loving everything about your hobby and wanting to display all of the things to do with your hobby. I get that. There's a ton of RPG stuff that just kind of kicking around our house. Um, I am a sucker and I'm uh, almost ashamed to admit it, but like these Starbucks cups, I I will spend money on those in a heartbeat. Absolutely. 
maybe that's the same. Maybe it feels like a collection uh, when you're, you know, buying the the disc and you have them on your shelf and you've got your little rack and you've got all your stuff. I don't know. I'm not saying that I don't get it. I personally, I guess I'm just not that, um, that far into um, fandom when it comes to video games, I suppose. I don't need to own the disc. I'm okay with just the digital copies of stuff. Don't tell our friends at Retro City Games. No, oh, I know. I would. I would never. I would never. But okay. Yeah, Fair my enough. PS. My PS4 takes discs, and right now, uh, it's funny. I brought the PS4 down here. All of my other stuff is in Halifax, <laughs> but my PlayStation is here, and uh, uh, there's a disc in it. So I was like, "Oh, I wonder what's in it." So we fired it up one night, and it was one of the discs. Remember the show Rome? Mm-hmm. It was. It's the first two episodes of that show oh, on wow. DVD. That's just in my 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 thing. I don't even have a I don't have a a case to put it in. It has has to stay in the PlayStation. <laughs> so funny because you know you, you one of the reasons why you were talking about PlayStation, you know, Final Fantasy, Diablo Four is really what yeah. you were going to go get into. And you know, they just recently were talking about they were alluding to the fact that as it gets closer to the acquisition by Microsoft of Activision Blizzard, as it get closer gets closer to completion. Looks like at some point in time, Diablo 4 could become free as a part of the Xbox Games Pass. And I'm not sure that will go over well with PlayStation owners because of the fact that they had to pay $70 and people like me may end up playing it next year for the price of $15, yeah, but, $17. I mean, I've also been already playing it for a year. And, you know, if, if you were getting it for free on day of release, then I think I would have an issue. But that you might, didn't get it for free on day of well, release. Well, it all depends if Call of Duty, if Call of Duty next year, become, at, you know, a holiday season goes same day as PlayStation paying $70 and they, you know, get it as far as games pass. For free, yeah. That, that could be a game changer. But we'll wait and see. But what are your thoughts out there on a slim PlayStation 5? That's coming in the not too distant future. A little bit more expensive, though, in certain aspects for the digital only version. So be aware if you want to save money, go buy it now as far as the digital version is concerned. But if you want to wait, there's a slimmer version on the way this holiday. But let us know your thoughts on buying a slim version PlayStation 5 this holiday season. Pop Culture Cosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, my friend, before we head on out, two last things. One is the no duh portion of the show in that it's been announced or actually was reported on by various entertainment outlets that because of the overwhelming success on Netflix, being that it's been the leading show for several weeks, it was just recently ousted at number one, but we're talking billions and billions of hours watched. Or, or minutes watch, whatever they gauge it by. I always forget. I think it's minutes watch. But anyways, it's been number one for several weeks. That Suits, a show that couldn't even really get the time of day from people because it was on the USA channel for yeah. so many years that people just didn't give a you-know-what about it. Didn't give All, a hoot. <laughs> yes, didn't give a hoot. Got so much love on Netflix that wouldn't you know the producers behind Suits are going to do something in the Suits universe as far as expanding that out and bringing that to television? Your yeah. thoughts on this? Good move? No duh move? Bad move? I think it's a no duh move at all. I think that's what you need to do. The only thing, though, is they better not put it on Peacock. They better put it on Netflix if Universal <laughs> is smart. 
Yeah, I, I I give it three seasons, whatever the spinoff is. It's going to get three seasons. Well, remember Manifest did so huge on Netflix yeah. that, that Netflix paid the bill for putting it on another season, one more season to conclude that series. And it did yeah. okay for them once again because it was doing so well on Netflix before. So it did pretty good for them for a little while. So maybe Netflix can pick up the bill for Universal on this if it goes to Netflix. But it would be in their best interest to not – put it on peacock it just the continental has not done well uh, or not done well enough to really move the needle for peacock wwe it's not you know, just peacock's been what it is what it, what it continues to be but yeah if if suits can get a revival of some type or form on netflix that's a win for universal especially after what they spent for the exorcist movies yeah, that, that has to be something they need to consider. So yeah, yeah. We'll leave it yeah, there. Yeah. But my, maybe it's going to be Suits meets The Exorcist. Maybe. Absolutely. That That's would, one way be, to earn your money back. That'd be something, wouldn't it? That would be something indeed. <laughs> but what are your thoughts on a Suits revival or something expanding into the universe because of the success on Netflix? Please let us know your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, my friend, before I have you go ahead and you know, let everybody know what you're up to here. Want to go ahead and just mention as a Canadian and a proud Canadian at that, our good friend and fellow Canadian, Rob McCallum, for Mr. Dress Up, yes. The Magic of Make Believe. That award-winning documentary yeah. that debuted on Amazon Prime, not just Canada, but all over for Amazon Prime this past week. It has gotten really good ratings in Canada for obvious reasons gotten really good acclaim for those who are familiar with that which again just to enlighten people out there mr dress up is was a actually he was actually working on the mr rogers show and then went north to canada to start his own children's program and obviously became very you know obviously such an icon as far as canadian children's programming and this absolutely fantastic documentary even for somebody who didn't relate to it still found enjoyment in it still found it fascinating and still found it very emotional at the end there will not be a dry eye for any canadian when they watch this film at the very end but your thoughts on are you going to check out mr dress up the magic of make-believe before we head on out Yes, I am. I absolutely am. Um, and I just happen to have the house to myself tomorrow night. Everybody else is working. So I get a chance to sit down and uh, pull out my ketchup chips and uh, maybe some all dress chips. I don't know. We'll see how wild I feel like getting. Um, and uh, yeah, and just, you know, watch some of those feel good moments from, you know, growing up and, and watching this guy on TV all the time. It, it was Mr. Dress Up and the Friendly Giant, man, the, those two shows are just such an integral part to like the the fabric that makes up you know canadian television and you know there's there's a lot of really fantastic gems in canadian tv that have just never really made much of an impact south of the border that is unfortunate but i'm also excited that a lot of my american friends are now going to be able to learn a little bit about you know some of the stuff that that i have in my past in my history from growing up and and part of the shows that helped kind of shaped the viewpoints of canadians so i will say if you get a chance please go ahead and check out mr dress up the magic of make believe today on amazon prime but my friend any last thoughts before we head on out 
Yes, vampires and Vitae, everybody is healthy again. No more COVID. So uh, we're going to be back at the table on Sunday, uh, 1.30 Pacific Standard Time. I may be a little rusty getting the old stream fired up and, and rolling again, but uh, hopefully everything's going to go off without a hitch. There you go. Absolutely. <laughs> so please check out what she's doing today. Of course, right there for you at Wild Beyond a Witchlight with Wizards of Y. Her new project coming out when she announces where you can catch it. And of course, Vampires of Vitae as well. So from Melinda Barkhouse Ross, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great.